Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right. Back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler. Talking world of money investing and... The financial world is in a really interesting place right now, and I've got a lot of talk about some of the things I've been talking about for quite a while, actually starting to see more people talking about some of these same things, which is about time, about time that they're actually doing that. Now, one of the things that I've been talking a little bit about is a lot of bit about is making sure that when you invest that you're really, really broadly diversified. Now, there are time horizons when it comes to investing, as I've talked about here. You know, let's say if I need all my money back and I'm going to spend every dime of it inside of a year, inside of two years, it has no other good place for it to be, in my humble opinion, other than in like cash type investments. Now, CDs can be a little bit problematic because you have back-end surrender penalties. So if I know exactly when I need the money, I'm going to need it in exactly six months, then maybe a CD might make sense because I'll, it will mature in six months and then I can pull it back out. But you know, if, if it's an indeterminate amount of time before I might need it, money market accounts or some kind of high-yield savings, sometimes you'll hear them referred to, might be an okay place for something like that. Now, let's say if I've got one to three years, well, I might be somewhere in the neighborhood of 75% bonds. If it's three to five years, it might be half stocks and half bonds and the different types of stocks that I talk about here on the show, different asset classes, large and small, large value and small value, international large, international small, large value, international small value, emerging markets, emerging markets small, all of these different asset categories that I talk about, and then different types of bonds with various maturities. Three to five years, it might be half and half, somewhere in that neighborhood. If it's four to six years, it might be somewhere in the neighborhood of 60% stocks. And it might be, if it's six to nine years, it might be somewhere in the neighborhood of 75% stocks. And 10 plus years, it might be 100. You can historically go 100% stocks in those particular circumstances. But one of the things that we have a tendency to do when we get nervous is we tend to do what is intuitively seems like the good thing to do, instinctively seems like the good thing to do, and you know the the way our brains work is that when we feel threatened we go into defense mode and sometimes we either run we you know just run like heck you know, away from something sometimes we fight sometimes we just freeze you know so that part of our brain just kicks in and says okay what do we got to do to survive this circumstance and you know, when you were a kid, it was either put up your dukes <laughs> is one of the things that you might do, uh, or maybe what you did was you were just, you try to be the nice person because um, nobody beats up nice people. Uh, maybe you try to be funny or maybe you just run. I mean, you know, maybe, or you just freeze. You don't do anything and you, know, you just kind of don't move anything, move, don't move a muscle because, you know, that way you're not a threat and maybe nobody will do anything to you, but whatever. But so often what we do is as we get older, we do the same thing with investments and we step into some bad territory quite often. We end up running to what we see as being safe and that thing that we see as being safe, you know, think about it, what, what happened in the early part of this year? It was banks, right? And that was being talked about on 
on on uh, CNBC, I think it was. Yeah, it was CNBC earlier this week. They were talking about this. And here's what they basically had to say about banks. Banks are down uh, 30 and 40 percent relative to the S&P 500. Uh, so right off the bat, down 30 to 40 percent. Why does stock go down? It goes down because earnings are bad and possibly because the underlying assets are bad. So when we talk about underlying assets, if you run a company, what are your assets? Your assets might be the building. Your assets might be your intellectual capital. Maybe you sell software. Uh, your assets might be the inventory of the company. There are assets for the company. Well, for banks, what are the assets? Deposits. What are also assets? What they're putting money into. They're buying something with your deposits. And what happened is the bonds that they were owning went really south, and that was a problem. So number one, the guy points out, first out, right out of the gate, bank stocks down 30 to 40% compared to the S&P 500, large U.S. stocks. Then he goes on to say, Material stocks such as FMC or Seal Air, uh, Bubble Wrap, uh, these yeah. companies are down 30 and 40% year to date. They already but, have earnings recessions priced in. You put regional banks in that basket too? That they've been pushed forward for what you see with uh, commercial real estate? Yeah, so you know, banks put their money into commercial real estate. And what has happened in commercial real estate is interest rates go up. And as people don't go back to work anymore and they spend more time in their home doing business from home, and then all of a sudden the companies don't need all the real estate that they used to need, they're, they're a triple whammy there. I mean, a lot of different things went, ha went wrong in that particular area. So therefore, these areas, all of a sudden, these banks had all this money in these things, and it was collateralized. In other words, you lend money out and use, use as the collateral the property that people are buying with the loaned money, and you got a problem on your hands, you see? I mean, that was, it's a wonderful life. We're coming up on Christmas time, right? People will watch that movie, and they'll see the bank scene where he's saying, your money's not in this bank. It's over in Joe's home, right? You know, that's what he talks about in that movie. Your money is not here in the vaults. It's in property. How good are the investments doing that the banks are putting the money into? A lot of people don't think about that. I do, and I think you have to be choosy. I think there are some that are much better positioned than others. I mean, uh, Commerce Bank shares came out, a company that we have a position, and they reported yesterday. Now, just watch out for that kind of stuff. You know, the person says, hey, you know, this is what we got a position in. Remember what he wants you to do. He wants you to buy what he already owns. Because <laughs> if he already owns it and you have more incentive to buy it because you think it's going to go up and then you create demand for it, that does what to the price? It can push the price up. So recognize that these people talk about we got a position in it. It's in the name of disclosure, but it's also for self-interest as well. Nims flat. There was no material uh, uptick in NPLs. Uh, what the market didn't like was that there was some erosion of deposits, which makes sense given higher interest rates. But I would argue that, you know, Powell came out and even mentioned that the Fed was really working with the regional banks. And I do think that you have a treasury put in place. Uh, I would be very surprised to see material bank failures at this point going forward. Given what's happened, he's just basically saying that the Treasury is 
most likely going to backstop any of these bank failures. So he's, he's trying to tell you, don't get yourself in a panic state over it. And that's really, I think that's good advice. Don't get yourself in a panic state over that. My advice has always been make sure that you're within the FDIC limits in any of the deposits that you happen to have in banks. You know, so there is a, a tool out on the internet you can actually look at and say, okay, how is my bank account set up? Do I have a joint owner on it? Do I have a beneficiary? Well, your FDIC limits change based on those things. And you can do, it's an FDIC insurance calculator and you can go out and search for it on the internet and check that out and just make sure that you're set up properly within the insurance limits. Silicon Valley, First Republic, Silvergate, and Signature. We had four bank failures. Everyone keeps saying we're going to have a hard landing. It's like, well, we have four regional bank failures. That's uh, that's not exactly an easy landing for many uh, financials. Yeah. So there you go. That, that and that being the point that anything can go wrong. I remember being here in the late '80s and remember seeing the SNLs and the SNL crisis and the problems with the banking system. And people were just going, well, uh, man, you know, what do I do? My money is locked up. And it doesn't mean that your money can't get locked up. You know, just because something's back backstopped or that there is some kind of a protection against losing it, you know, you could lose interest, you know, that gets paid on these things. Uh, you can, and the insurance companies, the same thing happened. There were some, a lot of insurance companies that ran into some serious problems. You know, look up insurance company bankruptcies throughout history and how long people had to sit there waiting for, to get their money back because an insurance company had problems. So just recognize that when I go and concentrate risk and I put too much money in any particular area, whether it be cash, whether it be individual stocks, whether it be asset classes, maybe in technology or in, let's say, certain sectors or anything. I mean, literally, you put too much money in any one area and you can run into some serious problems. That's why we want to really diversify really broadly, because there is no such thing as safety. You know, safety is a relative term. When we look at, at safety, we look at you know, for example, throughout history, the number of things that have gone for many, many years with no returns, it's uh, history's replete with examples of things that seem like a sure bet that went really south on people. You know, so just recognize that, you know, people I've had people come in and they have dividend paying stocks. This, this company has been paying dividends forever. And I'm going, yeah, what happens when all of a sudden their business model fails or what they sell, there's no demand for it. You might have a real problem on your hands. Recognize that the only way to really protect yourself, in my humble opinion, and the humble opinion of the academic researchers out there that I respect, is to really diversify broadly. And the reason I say academic research that I respect, there are a lot of people that I just don't care for simply because I think that they spend too much of their time trying to predict the future, tell you what's going to happen next, and there is absolutely no evidence that they have that ability. Hence my example of the economists that were willing to step out and predict interest rate direction. And 70% of the time they were wrong when they had a 50-50 shot. You know, hence, that there are some people out there, you know, people that this is academic. And I go, well, you know, there are certain academic pieces of academic researchers that I would go, yeah, you know, I, I, I believe what they have to say because their ego isn't caught up in their recommendations or in their research. 
You know, that is really what I think is so important is our egos can really get out of control. And when we really think we got it down, we know what's going to happen next. And when I hear somebody say, this is what's going to happen next, like that example I gave earlier, you know, the guy says, here's what's going to happen. Here's where things are going. You got to watch out. Here's what the government's going to do. And then I, you know, as I said to uh, my client, I says, hey, I uh, looked up the guy's background. American self-taught economic forecaster, convicted felon, spent 11 years in jail, cheating investors out of $700 million and hiding $15 million in assets from regulators. I don't think I would listen to this person. <laughs> that is not where you want to get information. You don't want to get information from people that think that they got it all figured out. I like what Burton Malkiel said. And, you know, and unfortunately, Burton actually made a, a, a prediction this guy's a Princeton professor. This guy's sharp. And he says they really believe they know what's going to happen. He says the evidence is, however, this is an interview with John, John Stossel, that they don't have that ability. And then what happens in 2008? He actually goes out and puts out a prediction about China, investing in China. And China went, and he told everybody, you don't do that. That's the unbelievable part don't do this don't do this and he's not the only academic that has done this you know there are a lot have that have actually come out and said i oh you know john bogle vanguard guy that he was a founder with vanguard with of indexes i mean he was one of the guys that first made indexes available to investors and he told people do what don't buy i wouldn't put any money in international and then international goes on and actually trounces U.S. stocks. I wouldn't. I don't see any reason why you ought to have international. And, and go, well, no, wait a minute. You can't do that. You can't, on the one hand, tell everybody you don't know what's going to happen next and then tell everybody, here's what you ought to do. It doesn't work that way. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.